Hi, welcome to episode seven of Friends Beer Coffee, an autobiographical podcast for the hell of it. I'm your host, Joel Gratzik, road trip warrior and live music fan. Tonight's guest is Jenny Rinkin, someone I met years ago and attended a lot of concerts and music festivals with. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Joel. How are you? I'm awesome. It's it's good to talk to you. We haven't talked, I think, more than a handful of times in the last, uh, what, 10 or 12 years? I know. We've been all over the place, both of us. What are you up to nowadays? I've been working in massage um, for the last 10 years now. Uh, right now, I'm currently working at Hand and Soul Massage in Elmhurst, Illinois. And um, I've been traveling around with my boyfriend a lot. We're seeing all kinds of cool places. Been to Tennessee and um, Nashville, which you and I actually went to Nashville one time. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, we're heading out west, I think, this summer at some point. So life is good. Just moving right along. That's cool. Now, you live you live in Indiana, right? So what's that commute like? Do you, do you commute every day of the week or, or how does that work? Oh, I was commuting five days a week. Um, it's about an hour one way. And um, I, I begged and pleaded. And um, I, I'm now currently down to three days, doing three 10-hour days and having four days off a week for the summer. So very excited. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's good. Have more of my life back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to do that, I mean, forever ago. But commuting from Indiana up to middle of uh, Chicago and then back every day was, was awful. That was back when they had... Um, 294 like all torn up so it was not just the construction you had to deal with but it was all the extra traffic because of the construction well of course it wouldn't be any fun if it was not everything (laughs) oh that's true today the kids and i went to brookfield zoo Mm -hmm. it was a super nice day out so we got to go we've got member a membership there so we parked for free because it's included in the membership and wesley Mm -hmm. really really wanted to go see the lego safari that they have opened up as of like two weeks ago Oh, awesome. Where, yeah, they've got like a life-size elephant, but made out of Legos. Oh, that's um, crazy. And everything from like penguins to leopards to a shark. Theodore's a big fan of the baby shark song. So when he saw oh, a Lego <laughs> shark, he's like, baby shark. <laughs> he had to get I'm a bad. picture. Mm-hmm. It was oh, pretty yeah. fun. <laughs> and normally oh, I it's, love that. Yeah, yeah. Normally it's a paid thing. But since we had the membership, uh, we go like all the time. And it's nice because years ago when I would go with the family or with friends or whatever we'd have to spend like all day because we didn't have a membership so we wanted to make sure he got you know every little bit out of that money that we could and now i will go for like two hours and and then we'll pack a lunch and the kids are done and we'll go home and it's no big deal so that's nice oh that's really nice and then when the kids are you know hit that they all have a threshold too where it kind of just all starts caving in so Uh there's no extra pressure there (laughs) Yeah. Pick everybody up and head out. (laughs) Yeah. How did you get into massage therapy? I know, like you said, you've been doing that for a long time. Yeah. um, I I had to do something right after high school, and I I really didn't have much of a direction. Um, But the massage school had opened up down the street for me and um, from me, excuse me. And uh, I walked in and and signed up, and I I just absolutely love what I'm doing. Um, I didn't get a chance to do it right away. Um, I moved across the country when I was 19, and when you're young and as newly married at the time, I have, you have to just make a living. <laughs> so massage, I wasn't able to do it as my full-time career. Um, but I've been doing it as my full-time career for the last seven and a half years now. And I absolutely love it. And you've done that at a number of different places, right? You said you've kind of moved around um, a few times. Yeah, we've, I've moved cross country five times. Um, I started doing it full-time when I was living in Florida 
and um, I had my own business for a while, and that was quite an adventure. <laughs> I ran it out of a personal training facility, and so you get these guys who are benching like 400 pounds and leg pressing 600 pounds coming wow. in right off the right out the gym and covered in sweat, and it was just, it was really intense. But um, I, I loved it. I love I love doing it. I love helping people, and I think that's the best part of my job is you get to you get to see that long term benefit really kick in and and see people really embrace their health and their journey. And it's just so rewarding when you can help someone work through their pain or their, you know, their frozen shoulder or, you know, trigger finger or whatever they've got going on, scoliosis. So it's, it's, it's really a rewarding career. I love it. It really feels good to make sure that whatever you're doing is positive and and is helping people out. No, definitely. So um, how did we meet? We met at our church youth group and I was friends with your sister, Lena. And um, we, I met Lena in sixth grade, and um, my family had just moved back to, to the region. We were living in the suburbs of Illinois, and um, you were doing sound, I think, for youth group. And uh, she introduced me to you, and, and that's we all just kind of clicked right after that. Yeah, we kind of had a friend group, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, for a number of years that would go to different concerts or uh, events. Um, I remember taking you with a group of people to all kinds of different things from oh we did everything yeah I mean, <laughs> we went everywhere <laughs> uh you know things in chicago and um road trips to different music festivals went to pennsylvania one time for purple door fest um, i think we went twice to purple door did we? I don't. Twice. I think it, so. It kind of all starts to blend together when it's it does. this long. We saw, I mean, how many Five Iron shows and, and John Rubin shows. We went to all these like little, little tiny, you know, concerts and churches and basements. And <laughs> we were all over the place. I got to a, go to a college campus with you one time. It was, we were, we had a good time. We went to a bunch of church events too, down in Georgia. And we like to travel. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> I'm remembering a lot of this stuff now. The the one in Atlanta, that's where that tire on the bus blew up, right? Yes, we all got stranded at a Cracker Barrel for about four hours <laughs> or more. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. That was intense. And you and I had had the first time we went to George. I think that was the second time was a tire blowout. But the first time we went, you and I, we were in the van with probably I don't know eight people, and um, we had had more Mountain Dew and cheese nips than anyone else <laughs> on the trip and we were just flying out of the sugar high and just having a good time and being crazy and it was such a good time I always loved hanging out with you and and your friends and it was a blast our, our youth group leaders probably loved us oh I'm sure <laughs> quiet those kids down in the back <laughs> driving them crazy yeah oh, we were fun funny. it was fun <laughs> So I liked I I liked Purple Door a lot. I don't even know if there's st- I don't think they're still going actually. Um, I don't know. I I don't think so. I think that it's kind of like Cornerstone faded out too, after many years. Uh, they they quit in um, 2013. Pur- yeah. Purple Door did. So one of the best things about Purple Door, I think, was it was held on a like a it's a ski a, hill. Yeah, like a, a resort, a, some kind of a ski resort in the middle of the summer in Pennsylvania and yes. that was it was so fun going to listen to loud music and uh the one year it was all muddy and rainy and everybody was uh, a mess but it was a lot of fun it was so nuts I remember I hadn't eaten for like 
not any real food for like two or three days because I used to save all my money and go to the con and save for the ticket so I could get into the show. And um, all of a sudden, the smell of chocolate comes wafting through the air and it's been raining and it's been like miserable. And I had my very first order of deep fried Oreos and it was I just remember that being the best thing <laughs> in life at that time. Oh, those are good. The They're so Oreos. good. Fair <laughs> uh, food in general is just awesome. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, but the music was amazing, and it was it was such a unique experience. I, I can't tell you how many I was. I just went to a normal, you know, uh, public high school. None of my friends there were doing anything or go having any of the experiences that you know, like our group was able to to have. And it was so unique and such a great time in my life. I always look back on that time as like really special, and it always stays with me. So one of the things we did one time was. A, and I still tell people about it. We did a 24-hour road trip from <laughs> the church we were in, just outside of Chicago. Um, and we drove all the way down to, was it Nashville or Memphis? I don't remember. We've done, I think we, we did both. We've been to both Memphis and Nashville. We went to Memphis for um, the last Bleach show, their final show. And we saw that live at a, oh. a, youth, a youth stage there. And then we I did... That. Nashville was the poetry reading that we had already seen. I think that was the 24-hour trip. We'd already seen that one 24 hours prior <laughs> at another location. <laughs> and we did I it. don't I don't know what they might have thought of us. Um We're Although <laughs> although Leonor and Reese still talk to me, so I guess we didn't scare them oh, off. Oh, do they? Oh, that's great. We um Yeah, we still chat from time to time. That was fun. So we left Chicago, we drove down to Memphis, saw a, a a group of, I think, six people. Two of them were from Five Iron, Leonor and um, Reese. And then uh, a couple of the, couple other people, Pigeon John and uh, some of their more artist friends. And they did a poetry reading for, what, like an hour and a half, two hours? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a long time, but they had a lot of fun doing it. Jokes on stage and oh, you know, yeah. hanging out, all that stuff. And then we drove home. I think we got back in time to go to church the next morning. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure we did. We were all very tired and ragged looking, but I think we were we were committed to the cause at the time. Oh, you know, <laughs> that is a good way to put it. That is a good way to put it. So, I, as far as I know, you're still uh, you're you still attend church and that sort of thing. I do, yeah. I'm I'm church hopping at the moment. Um, it's it's hard when you move around so much. I've lived in three states in the last last year and a half, <laughs> two years. So, it's um it's hard to find anywhere to call home at the moment. But, um, yeah, I still go to church. I'm still uh, reading the Bible most every day, and um, but I, I do other things also to help keep myself centered and focused and grounded. And um, I've been exploring meditation a lot lately. Um, I've been doing yoga more, and all those things kind of help to keep my my body and my mind in balance. It's been really helpful. That's good. I'm glad I've got something that works for you. Oh yeah, we gotta find something. <laughs> gotta find something that helps to keep us all balanced, or or it's really easy to start spiraling. At least for me. No, that's good. Everyone needs needs a center point. I'm I'm happy you've got that. I, on the other hand, have not attended church voluntarily in probably I don't know. Well, probably since Abigail and I got married. Oh, okay. Right, right before that. Yeah. A big part of it was continuing to work at churches, and that was always what I told people for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, you attend church? No, I I I work there. I'm there four or five, six days a week, so. My uh, my Sundays was always a, a day to take off. And now I just don't attend and it, it doesn't bother me personally. That's good. I think we all have our own journey and it's important to find 
where your truth is and to, and to walk in it and stand by it, whatever that is for you, for mm-hmm. any of us. Changing, uh, changing subjects a little bit. Um, sure. You know I'm a big beer fan. I do, yes. And um, that's something that you can't really take part in, right? I, I can a little bit. Um, I, I can't drink. I have a gluten allergy, a very bad gluten allergy. I break out in hives <laughs> if they even comes into contact with um, something that's had weed or flour touching it. So um, I really I stick more to ciders. Ciders naturally gluten free. So I do hard ciders. Um, I can drink hard alcohol, and then um, I'm starting to kind of get into wine a little bit too here and there. So. I like nice. it more. The more I drink it, the more I start to like it. But cider has been a really nice, like it kind of, cause it looks like a beer. <laughs> oh, sure. It makes me, I can still fit in with everyone, even if I'm not, you know, not just downing beer. Well, no, there's nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> and the nice thing too is yes, there's a bunch of breweries that have been popping up, but I know of at least uh, half a dozen cideries in the Chicago area. And I know a couple in Northwest Indiana too. So at least you've got options now when you wouldn't have a few years ago. Oh, definitely. And I've, I've, I just found out about cideries. I didn't know that was a thing until I was reading about it online. And I, there's one, I think in, um, in Valparaiso, Indiana. So I'm excited to go check that out and they have live music oh, yeah. also. So it's supposed to be really cool. Nice. Yeah, no, I've, I've been past it. I've, I've, I've had some of their ciders are pretty good, uh, but I've not actually stopped in. I think it's amazing. Like you, you never really drank much at all, at all ever when you were younger. And, and then I remember, um, you had had a beer with, I think it was, um, wasn't with Mike, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after that. He bought that, me my did, first so, beer. That's right. So how did that transition happen for you, if you don't mind me asking? No, not at all. Uh, he bought me my first beer at a house party you guys had when we went from the house that's party right. down the street to yeah. the local pub or something. And I think it was a Miller Lite, and I'd never had beer before. And I was like, this tastes like shit. It's a terrible beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But... I was like, I, you know, I wanted to, I wanted them to like me. I wanted to make a good impression because it's a whole friend group. I didn't want to, you know. Yeah, no. Like, excuse me, I didn't, I didn't want to be the guy that didn't Peer fit pressure. in. Yeah, kind of <laughs> like you were saying. So, I mean, I drank it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm so sorry. He, he's like, hey, I'll get you. You like that? I'll get you another. Hey, no, I'm good. You know. <laughs> um, and it was years after that until uh, I worked with. Uh, Jeremy Highland, the guy I spent about ten years working with at the last church I was I was on staff at, oh. and somewhere along the lines, probably three four years into working there, I worked there a total of twelve years, and I'd say three four years in, uh, Abigail was like, "Hey, you know, you beer's popular. You really need to learn to like beer to make friends." You know, Cause living in Illinois, I didn't know nearly as many people as I did when we were in Indiana. I was like, oh, but it was so bad. You know, I was thinking about the one experience I had right. <laughs> years earlier. And my buddy took me to he took me to a brewery in Naperville called Salamoth Brewery, which has now become one of my favorite breweries ever to their beer festival called Salamoth 2. It was their second anniversary. And I tried a lot of different beers. And I think I liked 90% of what I tried. Um, I was like, wow, this is cool. I didn't know beer could taste good. I just thought it was right. all Miller Lite crap. Oh, gosh. No. Nope. And it, it changed my life. Well, I, we, I went to uh, Oath Day 7 yesterday, so oh, two days ago. So it's been five years now. Um, and I run the brewery directory. We're getting an app launch soon for it. I run a brewery locator for uh, jobs. Um, 
there's a brewery job site and stuff like that. And it's, for me, been a lot of fun to talk with people and try new things and find a whole community that way because within the craft beer community, there's a lot of camaraderie. There's a little bit of drama when, when money gets involved, but in general, it's a, it's a really cool community and a lot of people work together. Well, I think that's great. That's a really neat story. And I think that that's a really interesting point because beer is one of those things that's socially acceptable everywhere. So it really does open, like it kind of calms everyone's nerves, <laughs> especially when you're meeting new people. I, I mean, even though I haven't drank regularly, I, I used to go to bars all the time and I would sit down and it's great because you, especially like the little dive bars, you can meet the local locals and just start talking to them. And there's some really, you know, awesome people out there with amazing stories, but beer is kind of like that alcohol is kind of just that common denominator that allows us to open up with each other. Yeah, for sure. And I found that out and it's, that's really helped me a lot to just uh, have a reason to, you know, talk to people, not just well, what are you going to do? Like, if, if you're not drinking, then there's a lot of places you wouldn't go. I mean, you go to the theater, you go to a park, you don't always just, like, strike up a conversation with a random person. Um, right. But, yeah, if you're hanging out, you got drinks, or you're at a brewery, you can ask the staff about this, that, or the other thing. And, like I said, locals usually jump in and go, oh, hey, have you tried this new thing? Or, oh, you're from here, my sister's from there, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. I love talking to people. I talk to everyone. <laughs> part of the nature i think of my job too because you know people come in they lay down you get a lot of times people open right up you get their entire life story without even trying they're just okay this is the time (laughs) time for them to open up like i got it (laughs) heard some crazy things um but it's neat when you can expose yourselves to to different people and different backgrounds i love getting to know i love human beings i love getting to know everyone do you do you tend to have any similar stories that pop up I think I think the I think the common denominator I found is just with people in general, not to get too self philosophical about it all, but I think everyone wants to be seen, heard, and understood. And and a lot of times if people are going to bars alone or you know, or if even if they're just separate from their normal environment, it kind of like it's like they're they're looking for connection. And I think today, like with technology and all the different social media we have, it's great and it adds so much to our world. But I think too it takes away a little bit of ironically it's connecting us in one way but it takes away some of that socializing face to face and um, I think you get a whole different experience of that person when they're not sitting behind a keyboard or you know they're they're, they have that conversation one-on-one yeah that makes sense Um, I'm really big in social media and I've seen Mm -hmm. uh, Twitter as an example how both how divisive it can be and and how much it can connect people Hmm. I've I've experience the whole gamut from meeting someone on Twitter that has, uh, uh, you know, the same fandom I do, whether it be beer or music or that sort of thing, and ending up meeting them in person and hanging out and having a lot of fun, to I've picked fights with a couple of NRA people and (laughs) had some, uh, you know, some backlash from that because of my beliefs and, you know, them not agreeing and that sort of thing. so it's really interesting to see how that works. And I, I totally see what you're saying. At least the conversation's happening, though. You know, I, I think that's great. Even if we all even if we all don't agree on everything, you know, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> we need varying viewpoints and it helps to challenge our own beliefs. And I think that's really important to always be able to to open yourself up to different thoughts. And um, even if it's not something that's in you to challenge what you think, you know, because really, as I get older, I find, I don't, I don't know anything. (laughs) The older I get, the less I know. (laughs) 
there's always there's always a different perspective. There's always someone else's story, their background, their history. And and if you can just step back from your own beliefs and just listen to someone else, it can really open your eyes to a whole other world you might not might not have otherwise seen. It's a big world out there and it blows yes. my mind when someone goes, Oh, I've never been outside my state or I've never been past the state that connects my state. You know, they've only been in the one, two or three state area. It just, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine what that would be like com- compared to all the travels that we've done. I don't ever want to imagine what that would be like. I, I, I know people who have lived in the same town or the same house even their whole lives. Like my uncle, my uncle has lived in the same house for 71 years. This is his home. Like this is where he lives. It's where he was born. The whole thing. Wow. I just can't imagine like I've never lived any I've never lived in the same residence for more than more than four years in my entire life. Like I can't imagine seventy one years in one place that just you know, kudos to him. <laughs> Blows my mind. No, I mean it works for some people, I suppose. Abigail and I we broke that record by one. The last apartment we were in, we were there for five years. Oh wow. But other than Very that, nice. I don't think we've <laughs> I don't think we've stayed anywhere else uh, more than two. Oh, wow. Are you liking where you're living of. now? Because you just moved, didn't you? Yeah, we moved last though. year. Um, we we had uh, we had some people staying with us, so we needed some extra space. Mm-hmm. Um, that's coming to an end, so we don't need as big of a space anymore. So we're looking to move again. Still in the in the Chicago area, Abigail works at one of the big airports. So, I mean, we're not like leaving the area, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll be moving again this summer. Very nice. That's great. It'll be good. We're in a four bedroom now and we're looking for a three bedroom. So something where we can have, you know, a room for the kids, room for us and either a guest room or a guest room slash office. Um, That would be nice. Yeah, because right now a lot of the stuff that I do that's like video or audio is just like out in the garage. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Since the kids have white noise at night or there's usually activity in the kitchen or something in order to get a quiet space, I have to go out there. Oh, you'd be into the garage, <laughs> exiled from the home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anytime I want to be productive anyways. Um, oh, it's nice that you have such a, a lovely family and your wife is amazing. I love her and your kids are so great. And I'm just so happy for you. You've you've really come such a long way. Have you have you met Theodore? I know you've, you've met Wesley a couple times. Yes, I've met Theodore. Um, he was still pretty new when I met him. So I haven't seen him where he's up and running around yet. Oh, this kid, he's got personality for days. Does he? Oh. <laughs> I mean, they, they and I, I, you know, I love him. He, they say your kids are different and man, wow. It really, it really is true. Oh, I believe but it. The thing that I like about both of them and I like it and I don't like it is they say it's good to give your kids choices for things, but it's also good to limit your kids choices. So you don't overwhelm them or kind of overwhelm yourself and so a lot of times we go you know do you want option a or do you want option b and i would say 80 percent of the time wesley specifically will go well i want option c and he'll just like throw something else out that wasn't even an option before can't imagine where he gets that from no not at no. all <laughs> and theodore probably 50 50 because he's still working on i mean he's got i bet 100 words or so so there's oh, a lot great. that we know what he wants, but sometimes, you know, it's he's a two-year-old, so there are awesome days and not awesome days. But yes, that's awesome. That's so great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Abigail and I've been married thir- 
yeah, 13 years now. Wow, um, that went fast. <laughs> he's been working as a flight attendant for 12 of those. So what is what is your secret? What is your secret to marriage? Uh, fighting's okay yeah. as long as you don't, like, go below the belt. Okay. I guess. I don't know. For us... For us, it it's worked out. We have our own, you know, we have our own issues. No, nothing's nothing's perfect, but we found something that works for us so far. That's wonderful. <laughs> <You know? I> mean, <laughs> That's as far funny. as I know, I, it, it, same yeah. with Abigail. I mean, I th- I think we're we're gonna be good for a long time. But well, I think you're both great communicators for sure. You both have that gift of yes. being able to express what you want and how you want it and what works best for you and knowing yourselves really well. And I imagine that really, you know, is, is valuable <laughs> in your for relationship sure. together. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I owe that to her and her family because her family, they talk. I mean, if there are feelings there, they will let you know what they are. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. <laughs> sometimes there's volume. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's not, um, she has a large family. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's like there's six normal. kids, yeah. and then some of one of her sisters has three kids. One of them has four kids. I mean, when people get together, if if we just had the family together, it's like thirty people. Oh yeah, and that's that's just like immediate family. So even even then, even if everyone's getting along, the the volume can be loud. And then you probably remember at our house, it was a lot quieter. I mean, it we'd. As siblings, we would have fun and we'd have friends over and it'd be, it'd be kind of loud, but. Oh, there's a difference. So yeah, <laughs> between yeah. siblings being loud with each other. And then, it's like, true. I mean, there would friends. be with Abigail's family, like nothing's off topic or off subject. And mm-hmm. in my family, I grew up and there were certain topics you just didn't talk boundaries. about. Yeah. Boundaries. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it was definitely. I, I, I had I had both worlds because I'm six of seven kids, but we definitely didn't talk about there were, you know, certain topics that were completely taboo in our house. You didn't bring it up, didn't talk about it, didn't ask questions. <laughs> you just kept looking forward mm-hmm. and moving along. So yeah. it was, I totally can relate. And we've, we've, we've adopted Abigail's side of the, the family. Some of the way that you do things. Basically, the biggest point would be communicating, like you said. And I mean, nothing's off topic. It just, if, if something needs to be talked about, we make sure we talk about it and come to a conclusion somewhere. Um, that's great and then you yeah. have to like if you're gonna be married and be with someone your whole life like you have to be able to talk about everything <laughs> good bad different awkward nothing can be off limits and same for family yeah one of the, the biggest way problems get fixed one of the biggest things we we fought about all the time usually was not what we fought about but how we fought about it um. where uh, we, you know, we would both have jobs before kids. We'd both have jobs, busy working, doing whatever. And it'd be the end of the day. And I would just want to go to bed and whatever we were disagreeing about. Let's talk about it in the morning. And she would want to talk about it right then. Mm-hmm. And it never ended well because I was always extra grouchy if I wanted to go to bed. And mm-hmm. She wanted to talk. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, we got past that. And we now know if she gets upset, I know when she needs space versus when she's good to talk. And the same way with her. Like, if I'm tired, she knows, well, we'll, we'll talk about it when, you know, he's not extra grumpy. At a different time. Or, you know, hasn't <laughs> eaten or that sort of thing. Yes. You need to eat. Yes. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> it's important. It's important for everyone. You know, we yeah. all get hangry. 
Yes. The universal code. <laughs> so that's why I love those Snickers commercials. I'm not a huge Snickers fan, but I do like those, you know, you're oh, someone else when you're when you're angry. <laughs> Definitely. Yep. No, it's for sure. And I, you know, I will say the fighting thing's a big deal. Like I I have um I was married before and as you know, <laughs> and um it we never fought. We didn't argue. We didn't fight or argue about anything. We both we we would talk about things, we would discuss things, but like there was never we tried to both be fully open and honest, but there was always just stuff that, I don't know, we just, we couldn't, there wasn't room for either one of us to get angry or upset. And I think that's important. I think you need to be able to do that <laughs> with your, with your spouse. I think that's really helpful in, in helping break through and, and learning how to communicate better too. I think fighting's important. Just a little bit. I agree. It's, it's helped us anyways. I mean, I'm no, I'm no expert, but yeah, and I, I'd agree with not hitting below the belt. Like you're right, you don't you don't ever want to say anything you can't take back. Right, because I mean, you can disagree and, and that sort of thing, but name calling or any of that, like, no. remember the time that blah blah blah, like keeping keeping records that that's not it, good. No keeping score. <laughs> don't yeah, keep score. keeping score. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you had an issue with something, you should have mentioned it then. <laughs> you shouldn't be hanging on to it, harboring feelings, you know, all these years, and then you bring it up in the middle of a completely different topic of a completely different argument much later. Like, well, that's you have to one handle of, things as you go. It's one of the things I like about her is she, um, she'll tell me if something's wrong or what I did. It's not. Mm-hmm. I I don't ever get one of those like, well, y- you know, or you should know what you did, or you know. A, yeah, uh, that's horrible. No, yeah. One, one of those things. <laughs> I mean, yeah, usually I do know if I mess up, like I usually know what it is, but every once in a while I don't. And I'm like, okay, I, you know, you're, you're mad, but I don't know why you're mad. So if you don't tell me, I might do it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> Can we be open here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so that that's one of the things I think that's really good for us is if I screw up, I, I know what it is. And nine times out of 10, I, I, I agree and know that, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. So. Right. I was one of those, I grew up in the um, mindset that a wife is supposed to be submissive and, you know, and, and, you know, kind of fall in line with things in certain, in certain ways. And I would just bite my tongue. I would just hold in (laughs) all the frustration. I would try to voice what my problem was or my concern in a, in a nice way. And sometimes that doesn't work. (laughs) It never really worked. And that was my, my fault was trying to be too too calm and too polite because sometimes you just have to unless someone really knows it bothers you you know what I mean they're gonna like you said they're gonna maybe keep doing it so it's it's important to be honest with your feelings good bad or indifferent it's true I'm gonna be honest with you that was one of the things that bugged me about you was I I think I don't remember specific questions but I do remember asking you questions and never getting a straight answer (laughs) You would always ask me what's wrong. I remember that being a big one. I'd be like, what's wrong? And I would say, oh, you know. <laughs> and I knew like, you were lying. Not all the time, I, but I, I you wasn't know. lying. You know what? You know what it was, Joel, was that um, the things that were wrong were really intense. And um, I had, I, I don't know how deep. We can always cut this out if we don't want to use it. But I, I had been, um, but by the time you met me and we started like getting close and hanging out more, I had already been through so much in my life. I had been through, I had been molested as a kid. I watched my father die in front of me. I had um, like all these just, I was really bullied in school. I had all these things just kind of compiling. And then 
you know, my, my mother, there was a whole transition when I, when I moved back where we all started really hanging out a lot. And there was just, it was a, it was a total, just a mess. <laughs> I was a mess. <laughs> and so when someone asked what's wrong, it's like, at that point I had put, I had developed a mask where I could just kind of slip it on and, and, and it kind of escape from all of that craziness and, and just be in the moment and enjoy my friends and enjoy our time together. And I, it still bothered me. There were still things that I was working through, you know, and still working through, but, um, it was hard to always just open up for me because I had never had friends I could really trust until you and your sister. And, and we had, um, our our friend, uh, Zahara and, you know, Abby and Abby was in our group, you know, I loved Abby and, I, when I found you guys, you guys became a second family to me and you became closer. I became closer to you all than I even was with my family, a lot of them. So it was a little bit of fear of not knowing (laughs) what people would say or if they would believe me. And I, you know, and it's like, you tell people, oh, these things happen. And it's like, they, you know, it's when you're that age in high school, you know, everyone's like, oh, they're lying or, oh, it's drama or those. And I just, I didn't want to jeopardize. <laughs> I didn't want to jeopardize my relationships with my friends and, you know, and right, wrong or indifferent. That's just where my mind was at the time. So I, I was not trying to <laughs> judge. I was not trying to no, and press too I, far. You know, I, no, I, I apologize is that if that came off that way at all. No, not um, at all. And I'm not upset. I'm just trying to explain. I, you know, and, um, there's no hostility at all. <laughs> I love you guys and think you're great. I just, it, but just, I was just answering your question honestly. Like back then, my life was just really crazy and uh, there was no easy way. And I think all of us had a lot of crazy things going on. You know, sure. we all have our darker sides. And it was, that's what was so special about our group of friends is we could all really be there for each other. You know, we all had. We had, we had one another, at least on Sundays <laughs> and then throughout the week too, you know, we'd meet up for a coffee. We used to go to that, um, that coffee house in Crown Point. Do you remember? What was it called? Yes. It was like a coffee, <laughs> like internet, like coffee bar. I remember <laughs> pop, that. Pop culture. I think that's yep. what it was called. It's not yes, there anymore. And, you know, we used to sit and just talk or we'd go to Barnes and Nobles and hang out and people watch. And I mean, that was great. It was, that was, that was my escape. And I just wanted to keep it safe I wanted to keep it special and safe and and so it I don't know sometimes it's, it's nice to have that reprieve from no absolutely daily life when <laughs> things are a little crazy <laughs> I agree I, no I remember that that uh I remember that cafe very well because I got in the paper one mm-hmm. one time they were taking photos and stuff and it was that was back when it was a big deal for a cafe to have internet Ah, yes. Back in the days of Palm Pilots and handsprings and all that stuff. (laughs) I had my little visor like thing and I had my laptop and I got in the paper for it. That was a, it was a good time though. We, they had really good coffee too. Like it was a cool place to hang out and it was just, it was something different. You know, there was nothing terrible happening there. There weren't, you know, we weren't like secretly drinking or doing drugs. Like it was just a nice place you could go and just relax and hang out with your friends and it's sad because there's not a lot of that anymore. I, and it's hard for that age group too, because, I mean, from the marketing standpoint, from what I've experienced, <laughs> it's hard to target that age group because they change so quickly on what they like and what they don't like, and the mm. money that they can spend is not. You know, sometimes they have a lot, and sometimes they don't have anything, and you can't really run a, a sustainable business that way. 
Yeah. Well, and I think, I think too, nowadays, like there's, it's weird. There's been a shift because I even have clients will, will tell me about like their 16 year olds and 17 year olds. And I'm like, Oh, are they, are they learning to drive? Are they excited? And they're like, no, not really. <laughs> nowadays kids are so connected, even at that younger age through, you know, tablets and iPhones and, or, you know, any kind of like smartphone or whatever they have. So they have a much more accessible way to communicate with each other. They don't need that. Like I remember being so excited to get my license because that was freedom. <laughs> you got to go and, and just hang out with your friends. And, and nowadays it's like, there's so much, there's so much technology. It's easy for them to have those, to have those conversations and things just right, right in their own bedrooms at home. Yeah. Yeah. That one day Cecil <laughs> and I went riding on our bikes and ended up riding through Highland. We didn't know if you were home. We That's didn't, right. <laughs> we didn't have a cell phone or anything. We're just like, Hey, like Jenny lives on this other street. Let's go see if she's home. And you were home that and we're it. like, Hey, do you want to ride a bike to Chicago with us? To, like right. right now? And you're like, cool. Sure. Let me grab a bag. And like, we just rode our bikes all the way up to Navy Pier. We did. Um, and that wasn't the original plan. <laughs> do you remember? No, we just wanted to go. I don't remember what we just wanted to like ride our bikes. Yes. So we ended up, Oh, Hey, we, we can make it to the lake. Oh, Hey, we can. Yes. Make- all the way let's keep going <laughs> and then the bike broke our bike uh-huh. broke and, and we had and a tie <laughs> we had to tie the two bikes together with a belt and like you and Cecil were like doing this tandem bike thing or I was on it and I was on it I was on it and Cecil went one way and then he changed his mind and started going the other direction but I didn't turn quick enough and we went like right into a garbage can <laughs> fell off dude <laughs> I do and now we it got was intense. To, we got to Navy Pier, and it like the sun was starting to go down, and we were like, yes. "We did how, it." How are we? Yeah. Gonna, yeah, number one, like we got there, but then then we realized, being dumb kids, like, uh, how are we gonna get home now? We're like twenty five miles from home. That's right. And then um, we called our friend. We called our friend um, Zahara, and her father came and and picked us up, and he was our hero that day. <laughs> So that I'm was like, I'm going the... to home. Oh, I'm we'd... sleeping in the city. <laughs> we were so stupid. Well, the funny part too was I remember you and you and she were up in the front with her dad, and Cecil and I were in the back of the pickup truck, lying down with the bikes on top of you. Yes, uh, <laughs> going down the highway, which was not number one, not legal, and number two, very not unsafe. Safe. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was pretty sure you and the bike were going to go flying out at some point. Oh, he hit a couple of bumps, too, that we went up up in the air. I was uncomfortable. Well, we kept looking back like, are they still there? Are you guys okay? <laughs> we didn't lose them, did we? No. That was crazy. That was crazy. We were known for crazy things, though. <laughs> it was good fun. Yeah, why not? Yeah. That, that's back That's back when I still thought Five Iron Frenzy was uh, a, a rock star group. I mean, not that they're not fun, but we saw... You and I went down there. Cecil was actually there too. It was it Indianapolis? We went to see them play when Reliant K and John Foreman of Switchfoot opened for Five Iron. No, I wanted to go and I couldn't. And I okay. think you went with um, Lizzie. You guys went, and it was because it wasn't that the show where they flipped the guitars and like switched mid, or was that something else? No, that was a different one. Oh, okay, then maybe I would. I might have been there. I don't remember. We went to so many. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> No, well, I don't remember where it was then because we went to one like that and um, we, well, we saw them at, at Ball State, right? Was Wasn't it Ball State we went to? It might have been Ball State, but we saw them at Steak and Shake afterwards. Yeah. You that like waved, familiar. but while you were waving at them from the outside and they saw you, you tripped and then they all laughed. 
Oh, that's awesome. I don't you know remember, but you. I believe you. No, no, <laughs> that, that had to be you. me. <laughs> and you, did, you didn't hit your head or anything. There, there was no oh, memory good. left that way. <laughs> but, yeah, we were walking past like, oh, it's the band that we waved and you tripped like out of sight and then popped back up. <laughs> and they all <laughs> like laughed. Right. And then we ran away because we were embarrassed and didn't say hi. Uh, we should have gone in and said hi. I know hey. we should have. We're hardcore fans. I know. <laughs> I mean, I, we should have, but whatever. It's it. It is what it is now. I mean, I can text anybody now. Um, well, that's nice. <laughs> that's great. Because I, I saw um, Five Iron Frenzy uh, with MXPX in Chicago like six weeks ago or something. Oh, and Brad, awesome. yeah, Brad sent me a note. He's like, "Hey, you want to go? I can get you in." So I, I got on the list and. Saw Lenor and, and Reese and the, oh, the band. Fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, MXPX, I bet that's a really cool show. I mean, Five Iron's a cool show, too. Oh. But I just, I've not seen MXPX, I don't think, in concert. Unless we saw them at, at one of the music festivals we went to. But I don't remember they, seeing them. They headlined one year at Cornerstone. Did they? So maybe I just don't remember it offhand. Was it a good show? Did you have fun? It was, because the it, it was the first time I saw them. It was 2003, I think. I could be okay. wrong. Okay. But they yeah. headlined, and it was the first time I ever saw uh, guitar players throw their guitars up in the air, and they threw them across stage to each other. Oh, that's awesome. And, like, hit it on beat and stuff, because it's a punk rock band. You know, that was fun. <laughs> uh, I was amazed, and I still think it's pretty cool now. Of course, in my mind, I'm probably, like, making the guitars go higher than they actually did, but <laughs> it was still a fun time anyways. That's awesome. That's so cool. They do like some really crazy things at concerts nowadays too. I oh. saw like I went and saw Green Day when I was living in Phoenix. I saw Green Day. I saw My Chemical Romance. That was an amazing show too. But like, okay. they had like these drummers. It was like a drummer, and he was up on stage, and they lifted him up into the air, like the stage, like <laughs> it, like raised up really high, and he's drumming in circles. And the drums are moving. It was like two or three different sets of drums, and they're just spinning around him, and he's That's spinning fun. in the air, and like he just keep keeping on the beat. Like it was crazy. It was really cool, but they do some fun things nowadays in concerts and shows like that. I am I am the old guy though, like Larry, Shara <laughs> used to be where yeah. we go to the shows now, and I'm like uh, I'm hanging out and back, like it's fun. I'm watching them, or yeah. I'm like middle middle left. I'm, I don't not go in the mosh, mosh pit anymore. anymore. No. <laughs> the last you time our I, lesson, <laughs> I did, and then I was I went to uh, with Cecil again. Um, mm -hmm. We went to. Uh, something called 350 Fest is a 315 brewing company in Tinley Park. And every year they have an annual festival where they have a bunch of punk rock bands or some ska bands and then, you know, beer from a bunch of different breweries. And I went a number of years ago when MXPX played. I was oh, like, wow. oh, there's a there's a mosh pit. Like, ah, I'm going to jump in the mosh pit. And I did, <laughs> but, like, I forgot the fact that when you go to these beer festivals, there's a lot of big guys there. Oh, Yeah. And yeah. one of the guys is this—he's just jacked, and he was doing where they go like the opposite way, and they like you know hit you in the face and that sort of thing. Strike I got kidney punching you. Oh yeah, I got nailed <laughs> twice by this guy. The second oh. time he like knocked me off my feet. I'm like, I'm I'm done with this. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> <laughs> done. Yeah, and I have. So you realize you're too old since. to be doing something. Yes, like, I was. Oh. I've, I've passed this now. The yeah. moment happened just now. <laughs> it was. It was fun, and then it was done, and I, I haven't gotten back in a mosh oh. pit since. I went to an Offspring and Sublime show, like, 
two years ago. Not even two and a half years ago. It was really cool. It was in Chicago. It was outdoors. I can't remember the name of the pavilion, but it was, it was really cool. And, but the mosh, I don't know what it is about me. I always end up directly next to it, not necessarily in it, but always right next to it. And these dudes were just throwing people. I'm like helping pull girls out of the center of the mosh pit. <laughs> it was so scary. And so you like take like that fighter stance where your elbows are up and everything. And like all huh? of my old concert skills from back in the day all kicked in. <laughs> I'm squaring off and I'm like helping pull people out. And then this dude, you know how the crowd shifts, right? People like move up next to you and you change around a little bit. Right. Yep. This dude, I look over and this guy, I mean, he has to be like six, eight. He's the tallest person I think I've ever, <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. And first he was huge. And he just like, he's like, I got you. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> so nice. nice. That's good. <laughs> so I was so grateful for him. And then, and then, you know, Sublime came in after offspring, which was a really weird transition. Sublime should have gone first. Cause you go from the offspring, which is like high energy and crazy to like totally mellow. So yeah, you saw that's true. all of like, all of like, you know, all the the whole shift in the crowd, like all the offspring fans kind of faded to the back. All the sublime fans came forward. All of a sudden, there's smoke, just a huge cloud of smoke over <laughs> over the crowd. <laughs> I'm like, all right, <laughs> that's Time funny. To relax. But it was really, it was really something. But yeah, I had that moment. I was like, oh, I'm I'm not cut for this anymore. <laughs> Give me a seat. <laughs> yeah, I like those. It's getting press passes to a lot of those events too has made it made it more difficult for me to want to like jump into the pit too it was like no like i've got this nice spot like i'm not gonna move <laughs> you can hear everything you're good <laughs> exactly exactly do you love that like it, i mean you, i remember you started getting press passes back when we went to purple door at least the second year i remember the first year but the second year i know you had it like has that changed your view of like when you meet when you meet the artists and um you're able to to talk to them and stuff. Do you have a do a new perspective on shows and the fans? Like, how yeah. has that changed for you? Oh, absolutely. And a big part of that continued to shift when I ran the Kickstarter for Five Iron, because that was my first experience with marketing shows and dealing with trying to get tickets sold and albums pre-sold and you know all those mm -hmm. Scantron numbers and everything like that. Um, I definitely have a, a much higher respect level for people that do that. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's a tough business to be in. And most of the time people do it because they have fun, not really because they become rock stars. Yeah, you have those, and it seems like there are a lot of them. But, I, you know, I bet there's 100 bands or more for every one that you actually hear on the radio. I completely agree. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting because even the concept of a rock band isn't that popular anymore. <laughs> all that music, I used to love it. And it's all very hip hop now and a lot of um, solo artists. And it's, it's, I mean, it's not bad. I enjoy a lot of it, but it's just, there's definitely been a shift in music. Oh, I'm, I'm that old guy. Get off my lawn. I don't, I don't listen to the yeah. radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to the news or I'll listen to like interviews and stuff like that. But just mm -hmm. like, the the general billboard music I, I can't really get into any of it nowadays yeah my friends keep me cool i i don't um I, I do listen to the radio i do listen to that but i don't like i don't have um i have a television but i only have netflix so like anything going on in, in the world i usually read online i go to like specific news sites and i read you know i find that the articles are pretty much the same for all of the different news sites, you know, it's it usually there's some truth to it. <laughs> um, but my friends keep me cool with music. They, you know, 
Facebook and Snapchat, they'll send me links to things that they think I like. One friend in particular, Leslie, she's awesome, but she's all about it. That's what's her passion in life. She loves it so much and she likes to write about music. So, oh, good. She keeps me in the loop. <laughs> I don't have to adventure too much on my own. <laughs> good. I, uh, the farthest I go out is if I'm at a brewery and I, I hear a song playing over the radio, I usually ask. Um, because you know they have the, usually their own playlist that they bring. If you go to Three Floyds or you go to Solomouth, they usually have like screamo going on. Or if you go to some of these other places, they have more like you know the Nirvana kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. so. And I love it. I cast my phone now too. Hey, what song is that? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we live, Jenny. We live in the fucking future compared to what high school was like and what you can do with technology now. I'm just. I'm so jealous of my kids. Right? Oh. It's amazing. It's completely blown away. I I can tell my phone, hey, tell, take me here. <laughs> and I get left and right directions anywhere I want to go in the world. <laughs> it's fantastic. I love it so much. And, and and it's done so much good, I think, for our world, too. It's really connected us and other people in other lands far, far away. We, we are, it makes the world a little bit smaller. And it's, it's kind of nice, you know? That's true. I mean, we have, a, we have got T-Mobile and we have one of the whatever plan we're on with them includes um, free texting internationally. So even when she's in Europe or she's in Asia, uh, you know, Abigail and I can text each other and it doesn't add an astronomical amount to our phone bill, which you couldn't do even no. 10 years ago. When, when, when she and I got married, YouTube wasn't a thing. No. It, would you remember? And like, I got my first cell phone. It was a Go phone. It was a Nokia Go phone when I was seventeen. And back then, it was twenty-five cents a minute to talk, and ten cents a text message. So this is before text messaging was even like cool. It wasn't cool when it first, when phones first, like cell phones first came out. It wasn't cool to text message. And I used to tell you guys, y'all better text message me because I'm not answering the phone unless it's like dire. Because right. <laughs> I couldn't afford it. I had to like prepay for my phone as I went. <laughs> when that nights money was and... up, it was gone. <laughs> oh, nights and weekends were awesome because then you could like yeah. call people and, and it was. You had to wait till like deal. nine o'clock. You know, like, That's true. Like... And on a school night, it was, it was rough. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely That's better. Funny. It's their kids are definitely my children someday will be too when I have them, but they're all spoiled now compared to what it used to be. My my Mac and like most Macs are still not touch screen. And so my kids are always confused. Like, why isn't this working? No, you have to use the keyboard. <laughs> oh, dad, can I just use the iPad? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Use the iPad. <laughs> they get frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and he's, and he's six, you know, Wes is six. Right. Like he's, he gets frustrated with technology that like, I still think is amazing. Oh, it's uh, awesome. But... We have a cousin and like I, I took a took a picture of him with a regular phone. It was a phone. I'm sorry, it wasn't a phone. This was a camera. His grandpa had a camera. And we took a picture of him and he runs up like, Where am I? Why can't I see myself? <laughs> it was funny. just like there there's no there's no screen. It's just a you know, it's an old camera. He's like, Oh <laughs> can't, can't see it right now, buddy. What? <laughs> exactly. That's funny. The the last part of the show here, I wanna ask you what I want to ask you how you've kind of seen me change over the time that we've known each other. And if you have any thoughts or feelings about um, where you've seen my life go since we've known each other a long time, I know I had a, a different plan for my life than where I'm at now, but I'm very happy with where I've ended up. Sure. I, um, so when I first met you, we were, we all connected um, pretty quickly 
and and it was you back then and i i mean i haven't been much in your life in the last um 10 years or so we've you know like i said before we've all been doing our thing <laughs> moving right along so um but what i have seen is i you know we we all kind of grew up in that very um close perspective we we were all i think a little sheltered in certain ways and um and it was very easy to be a judgmental and to be um to be unreceptive to certain thoughts and ideas and, and things. And I think that you've really not only pushed past that, but blown it away. I, I think you're so much more open-minded and um, that you really make an effort to, to step back and, and, and kind of really think about the other person's perspective or to really um, consider different um, different situations, even if it's not something that you would do yourself. And back then you would, I mean, you get upset, you get really angry. I wasn't, I was a little asshole. I, I was no. a little asshole back then. I, I wouldn't say that. I, that. I would, I would think, I think it was just that it was so outside of anything that you would experience. And it was very, I think as a lot of us were young, it's everything's very black and white when you're little, either it's wrong or it's right. But, you know, a lot of life is lived in the gray. And I think it's just, it's just, we all have our journey and we all, we all come to that realization, you know, sooner or later. <laughs> um, but I'm just, it's been really neat to see you come from having such a, a, I don't know, just a limited perspective on certain things to being able to really not just open up, but then to, and to, to build up your relationships in your life with your family and friends and different people and, and, and start to engage um, different cultures and different perspectives in a, in a new way. And I, you were always really like well-traveled. You always went on mission trips and did all sorts of things. So you had a, you had a broad worldview of what the rest of the world was going through, but socially, you know, at home, it was like, it was like just really cool to see you transition and to kind of blossom into your own person. And um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I, yeah, I went from, um, basically listening to what the pastor said to thinking on my own. I think it was that. And I think, I th I remember I had a conversation with you once in the car. Maybe you don't remember. You were one of the missions pastors that asked you to go on a mission trip and you really didn't want to. And I was like, well, why are you going? And you're like, well, cause they told me to. And I said, well, but that's something you're supposed to do because you feel called to do it. And it was like, you're like, huh. And it was, I just had realized, wow, he, he really, he, you were so, um, ready to be obedient and so ready to be um, helpful and and that's your part of your heart and your nature is you have that gifting of wanting to help people and wanting to be um, I think just help where you can and 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 use your talents in the way that benefits others but I think you did it to a point where it was detrimental to you absolutely and and yeah. I think you learned kind of more what your boundaries were and it was really cool to see you stand up for yourself you know and that that like it started like uh, right around like your early 20s you really started just kind of owning who you were and I, I think that's I think that was invaluable for you I think it's really taken you a long way and you know I, I'm, I'm so proud of you I think you guys have you know you and Abigail you guys have come so far and you've done so much and yeah it's been really neat to see that that part of your journey thanks I'm excited about it yeah <laughs> I really am. That's good. Well, let me ask one more question while I'm, while I'm thinking sure. about it that I ask a lot of people. Where where do you see yourself or where do you want to see yourself five or ten years from now? Uh, I don't know if you're going to like my answer. I, I don't. I've stopped 
acting like I know what's going to happen <laughs> in the future. My life has not turned it out at all. How, like you said, not at all how we think it will, you know, um, I would, I have, do have dreams. Um, I am in a relationship now with a man I, I truly love and I, I want to be, uh, we want to get married and, um, you know, pursue a life together. We don't really know where yet. We've been looking at different states and, and traveling around a bit, trying to figure out what we like, what we don't like. Um, and I think I do, I do want to go back to school. I, I started college in Florida. Um, I want to get my, eventually get my master's degree in psychology. I really want to work at the VA and work with veterans. And um, I had a friend, a good friend who was a soldier, um, and he committed suicide a few years ago. And that really opened my eyes to, there's a big gap in the, um, in when a soldier comes home and, and kind of reacclimating to the new environment. So, uh, there's a whole, there's a whole group out there called stop soldier suicide. And, and they're really amazing. They do a lot of work with veterans and, um, it's, and it's really been awesome to see and be a part a little bit of, of helping to, bring awareness to that. So, um, but I really would love to go work at the VA and, and maybe someday open my own, you know, wellness center where we can incorporate counseling and, you know, exercise, health coaching and, um, massage and, uh, physical therapy. So that'd be the big dream. <laughs> Don't know if sure. it'll happen in 10 years, but <laughs> no, sure. No, that's fantastic. It, it's, it's good to have something to shoot for and to, to, you know, work towards whether you end up there or not, doesn't really matter as long as the the journey moves you into a better place. That's right. And I just want to keep developing as a person. I think that's important to always try to be self-aware and, and continue to growing in our own, um, just knowing who we are, you know, and, and it changes. And I'm so glad it does. Just like you've changed over the years. I know I'm, I'm sure I hope I have too. <laughs> and it's good to have that, um, that self-awareness. Cause if you don't, you miss out on so much. There's so much good in life and it's easy to get caught up in all the negative, but it's overcoming is where you've had your victory. And that's what pushes us forward. I think. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat and I hope we get to uh, hang out some more here in the near future. I think that'd be great. Thanks Joel for having me. No problem. You have a good night. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.